Hello, welcome to the future. I'm your host, Chris. What's up, everybody? Joining me for the second time is John, Sharon, Aaron. And today, we're going to talk about advice, a situation that I've been in many times where people give me advice, and it's not something that I asked for, and it gets really annoying, gets under my skin. So I wanted to know, has somebody else, have you guys experienced this? Have you been in a situation where you're at a dinner uh, with, with friends and there's always that one person in the group who's always trying to tell everybody how to solve all their problems and you're wondering like, what is it about your life that you've got it all worked out that you can be sitting here and giving advice on every topic from planting vegetables to building a nuclear bomb? What is it about those people? How do I feel about that? How do you feel about it? That's what we're gonna talk about today, so stick around. Greek philosopher Talus, and I hope I said that correctly, who predates Socrates, when asked, what is the most difficult thing to do in life? His response was to know yourself. And conversely, what's the easiest thing in life? And that is to give advice. And that's the subject of our podcast today. And first, I'm going to open it up with my friends and cohorts here in the room, is why do you think people give advice? We all have friends that unprompted will come over and start giving you opinions and advice on anything from how to build a nuclear bomb to what you should wear, et cetera, et cetera. Why do you think people do that? To demonstrate their expertise, to establish themselves as an authority. Whoa. To establish themselves as an authority on the subject matter. Mm. Okay, interesting. Anybody else? I mean, I think some people give advice because they think they're being helpful. Because they think they're being a nice person. Oh, okay. So just to demonstrate they're being helpful. Sure. So would they do that if they got the opposite reaction? Meaning, I'm talking about something and you came over and like, Chris, oh, you should do this, this, and that. And you start giving me advice and then I give you a dirty look. I think they would think twice about doing it again. Okay. So you would only in that particular situation give advice if what you were doing was being perceived as being helpful. Yes. Okay, great. Absolutely. Aaron, what do you, what do you think? I think it's like a lot of times people, when you're in a conversation, you don't know what to say. Like if someone is telling you about a problem and now they're done telling you and it's my turn to talk, my instinct is to just tell you how, to, how I think you should solve it. Well, there's other things you can do, but that's the only thing that really comes to mind. And I think that's what most people feel. That's interesting. So you're uncomfortable in the silence. And when it comes to a lull in the conversation, you feel like you need to be equals with everybody in the room by contributing something to that conversation. Yeah, the only way I can contribute, I feel like, is, is what John was saying. I, I try to be helpful. I try to help you solve the problem. But the way I do that is by just telling you what I would do. Okay, so you're trying to be helpful as well. So we, I have two very helpful people to my left and right. So let me ask you guys this question. Cheryl? <laughs> no, I mean, okay, Cheryl's just t- telling us a different kind of truth, and it's all fine and valid. But let me ask you this question, Aaron. What if, again, same thing that John and I were just talking about, what if what you were doing wasn't being perceived as being helpful? Would you do it, and would you continue to do it, and why wouldn't you? See, I think at that point, maybe I've, this happened to me too, but I think it happens to a lot of people is if I try to be helpful and solve your problem for you and I see you give me a dirty look, now I'm like angry with you because I'm like, oh, you don't like what I'm saying? Now I, I kind of dig my heels in and now I'm upset. And then now it becomes like... I'm well, isn't that weird? You were trying to help somebody yeah. and now you get angry for trying to help them. 
Somebody because even you, asked you to help them. Because you're you not did. appreciative of my Oh, okay. Expertise. My right. God. So it's coming yeah. back to Cheryl now. Yeah, exactly. It's coming back to Cheryl. So we're getting to the truth now. So you, you, you feel slighted because you have some supposed expertise. And because I don't listen to your advice or I don't even appreciate it, now you feel wounded. You feel insulted. Mm-hmm. Isn't that weird? So if we flip the table. Right? Not literally. You're feeling unvalued. Not, yeah, you're feeling unvalued. So we flip the situation and we said like somebody's giving you advice now and you don't want it from them because for whatever reason and then they get all weird on you. How does that make you feel? Well, first of all, like right as someone starts to tell me what I should do, my first reaction is thinking this guy doesn't know as much as I know about the problem. Okay, so, so you have your guard up and you're, you're a little bit, um, what is it? Uh, not paranoid, but what's the term? Like where he puts his wall up, like you don't know what you're talking about. Insecure? Reticent. He's reticent. Reticent. I was not going to say that word. (laughs) (laughs) I was nowhere near that. (laughs) He's reticent. He's reluctant. Reluctant. That's what I would have gone with. He's questioning. He has a questioning personality. I'm all like trying to poke holes in everything you're saying. I don't... You're like Mr. Devil's Advocate. Yeah. Okay. Poking holes. What I always look for and I kind of think about is symmetry and logic. You guys know what that means, right? Like if it's good for them, it's good for me. So you love to give advice because you want to be helpful. And if somebody doesn't appreciate your advice, you're angry and you feel like you you don't appreciate what it is that I do. You're totally dissing me. Yet on the other side of the coin, when somebody's giving you advice, you're like, get out of my business. You don't know what you're talking about. Isn't that odd, the dichotomy between the two? At least Cheryl was honest enough or has enough self-awareness to say like, you know what? I think when we give advice, it's to make ourselves feel more important. Like we're experts that what we have to say matters. Cause at the end of the day, if you ask anybody, you you know, at the end of your life, you want to make a difference in the world. You want to matter. So we matter on little levels, like inter, in terms of interpersonal conversation mm-hmm. or the things that we do each and every day. And hopefully they add up to one big thing that matters, a big change. So here's the dichotomy. So let's just, each one of us, just think about this for a minute. In your life, let's see if we can cite a real life example when somebody gave you advice and you didn't want it, but somebody else came in and gave you, gave you similar advice, but you felt totally different about it. What is it, the difference between those two? Does anybody have a... No, it's never happened to me. Never happened to you? Seriously? Literally never happened? I don't think I've really? ever had it. I've had it happen, and I'll share my example if somebody doesn't have one. What do we? What was the question again? Aaron, stay focused here. Stay focused, dude. Come on. I, I think uh, a, a film I made once uh, on set, there was someone who was trying to give me advice about a shot, and that person I just did not like in general, so I disregarded their information. And then someone on set that I liked, I think it was my director of photography, was like, hey, you should do it this way. And he didn't talk like that. And I was like, what kind well, of accent is that? it's kind of sliced alone for a day. Uh, um, but I liked that person and I listened to his advice more and I think uh, I got the shot I wanted. Okay. A short example. So how you feel about a person, if you respect them, if you like them, really affects how you perceive the information. Sure. Although I'd like to make it clear, the person I didn't like, the advice that they gave me was also bad advice. If it was a person I didn't like, but they gave me good advice, 
different story. But, Are you sure? You know. Would you Maybe. be able to? I don't know. I, I'm going to call a, I'm a question card right there. Yeah. Okay, a challenge yeah. card. Yeah. Yellow flag. Yeah. Throw in the yellow flag. Any advice you get from someone you don't like is bad advice. It's bad advice. Mm. God, Cheryl's speaking the truth today. <laughs> the one voice of reason within the room right now. Thank God for Cheryl. Right? Because it's the messenger that you shoot, not the message. That's why they said don't shoot the messenger. Because mm -hmm. the, the person who's coming to you is just saying and delivering it to you wrong. Because here's the thing that I've learned in my life is that... Although it can actually truly be wrong. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they speak out of ego. Like generally people I don't get along with tend to have a huge ego with no nothing to back it up. And then they'll give you this off-the-wall advice. Yeah, but for the, like, for the sake of our conversation, saying that it's the same piece of advice, but delivered by somebody you dislike versus somebody that you do like. Mm -hmm. When you're in a seeking mode and when you're not in a seeking mode, those things affect the message that gets to you, right? So I've learned a lot of things in terms of working with a business coach, uh, having worked with a family uh, therapist who explained a lot of these ways that the way our brain works, and I, I watch them too. You know, I study people and I see how they talk to you. You notice that with therapists, typically they don't give you advice. You pay a lot of money, you sit in a room, and you talk to them for an hour, and they don't give you advice. What do they do? Now, if you've not seen a therapist before it's rather cliche but it's true they tend to ask you a question like how do you feel about that what would you do how would you do that differently they carefully guide you through a series of questions that are kind of introspective in nature not rhetorical but introspective so that allows you to discover the answer relating this back to Talis, he was saying that the hardest thing is to know yourself and the easiest thing to give advice so giving advice is almost worthless but helping me to realize the problem and hence the solution is worthwhile or invaluable. One has little value and one ha you can't put a price tag on it. So when we're talking about our personal and professional relationships, think about that. Think about it a little bit. And I want to get back to the bias a little bit and share a personal story where I know for a fact that advice was the same. But coming from two different people, I have two totally different reactions. And I admit, you know, that's not my best moment in my life okay so one I, I can't remember the exact specifics of the situation but it was business related and my wife let's just say it was my wife she's like you know what you need to lay off these two people because we can't afford to keep them they're not contributing to the company and I felt like oh it's like I don't want to hear that because you know what you're not running the business with me you're not in the trenches I have a personal relationship with these two people I can't do it it's too cold-blooded I just can't do it and so I push her back and she feels slighted like Aaron was saying like you're not taking my advice seriously and it's that all the reasons like I love my wife I just don't want business advice from her and I gotta tell you as a person who start, started this company who runs the company I'm the person who doesn't want to be told what to do ever it's why Jose calls me unemployable. Like I can't work for people telling me what to do. It's just my nature. So hearing it from my wife was just doubly like hard for me to hear. Now, I work with a business coach, a person that I pay money to. Every single week he comes in, his name is Kier McLaren. He comes in and he helps me. And after looking at the books and the people and understanding who they are and with his you know, 30 plus years of experience in terms of business coaching, he told me, you need to lay off two, these two people for these reasons. Here's the plan on how to do it, and this is why we need to do it. What can I do to help you do it? And, of course, then I'm like, okay, uh -huh. we need to do this. And so eventually I tell my wife, this is what we're going to do. 
And she has this look of horror on her face, like shock, like, what are you talking about? I said, what do you mean? I told you to do this months ago and you didn't listen to me. And of course my ego gets in the way. I said, well, no, you said it, no. And then eventually I have to come to accept the truth, which is she said the exact same thing. So that's a situation where two people saying the exact same thing in different ways, one when I was seeking, one when I was not, one who had perceived expertise and one who did not have perceived expertise. So this is about understanding how you can communicate to people and how you feel about it on the other end. You guys have something you want to say to that? Yeah, I generally try to avoid giving advice because I don't know. I'll tell you, I don't know how to deliver it without it being kind of Bossy perceived pants? as. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. If, um, I think females in general have that problem. People think you're being a capital B. Capital mm. B. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for keeping it uh, PG-13. Mm-hmm. I appreciate the it. The B word. <laughs> so rhymes with peach. Yeah. I guess I have a similar story to share, uh, which is where, like, I mean, I had a girlfriend at the time, and yeah, I was having did. troubles, you know, girlfriend troubles, and I was talking to my friend about it, and he was saying, oh, yeah, you should dump her, man. She's a total B-word. You don't need her, whatever. She's a total peach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nectar. And then... Uh, uh, don't mess him up like that, John. John, he can barely I'm, concentrate as it that's is. That's how I'm you so know sorry. you were funny, because then I forgot what I was I'm saying. so sorry. Okay, no, so then... I was just thinking, like, dude, he just wants me to break up with her because he's jealous that I have a girlfriend and he doesn't, and he wants to spend more time with me so we can both be bachelors and go out. So his motive for giving advice is self, self-centered. And in I his can, self-interest. It, it's in his self-interest. It has nothing to do with what's best for me. It's what's wow. best for so him. Wow, so you are obviously a big believer in that term bros before... Because he was trying to be a good bro to you. Was he, though? He was. Well, you're questioning it. You let the hoe get in the way of the bro. But that's one you way really did. That's why guys ha- invented that <laughs> expression, right? Bros, Bros before, before gardening <laughs> tools. That's it. <laughs> that's what you're... He was looking out for you, but instead, in your way, you felt like, dude, you just want to cut out this girl because we're not playing basketball as much as we used to or something. Or he didn't want to talk about this anymore or whatever. Okay, whatever. Whatever it was. In retrospect, was your friend correct? I don't know. Who knows? Maybe. maybe. God only knows, as the Beach Boys once said. I broke up with her, but not because of anything he said. It was like years later. But, I mean, wait, so you really don't think he was being self-centered? No. No. See, I feel like was right he your now friend? You're, you're doing was the he advice your thing? <laughs> no, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. That's good. That's good. Hold on, hold on. Before he's passed. Okay, hold on, hold on. Everyone, chill, chill out, chill out. Take a chill pill. The thing I was gonna say right before you guys started pouncing on me, which is fine, which is, are you still friends? Was he your friend for a long time and still your friend today? He's my friend. See, mm. so he's in it for the long haul. This wasn't about trying to break up you and a girl so that he can spend unless you guys got some weird bromance thing going on now i said no because aaron asked me a question what was your question i don't i don't recall asking a question you know he did i I think you asked if he was being self-centered or not. oh do you think he was being self-centered and i said no is that am i giving unsolicited advice no, no, because he asked a question. Right, he asked but, a question. Uh, I gave him a direct answer. But here's the thing. Now, you like, may not like the answer. I know that you don't know how that went. If you were sitting in the room when he was giving me the advice, and if you would have known of me and him and my girlfriend and all that all that info that I have that you don't have, you wouldn't answer the question the same so way. So what I'm doing is I'm answering on partial information. Right. That makes you question whether or not 
it's valid or not. Right. Now, is it possible to relate that to the story of your wife giving you the business advice on from the outside? Totally. Is that a similar situation or not? Totally. It, it has everything to do with Right. But hold on a second here. There's a couple differences here. One is I did not ask my wife what should I do in this situation. If she had said you need to lay off two people or I need more information, that would have been a different conversation. Mm. It's because I was telling the story about what, like a typical thing is like, how was your day today? Oh, you know, these two people are driving me insane. I'm not looking for advice. I'm just sharing. I'm trying to share or I don't share. But now in this case, Aaron asked me a question. Now he may say, Chris, do you need more information before you answer this question? Or if I want to spend the next 30 minutes delving into his personal life, I would. But for the sake of our podcast, I said no. And I'll tell you why I said no later, because I do know a lot of things about Aaron. Level of self-awareness, not that high. Willingness <laughs> oh to gosh. admit, willing to admit when he's made a mistake, not oh, that high. On, no, because he's a young man still. He's, st he's still a young man. And his level of self-awareness, truth be told, is not that high. And we're all trying to attain higher self-awareness, mindfulness, right? Yeah. That's totally okay. That's cool. It's cool. He's still good friends with his friend. So even if I had impartial, incomplete information, it was true. He did break up with that girl for whatever reasons he won't admit because he hasn't admitted it to himself but his friend was right and I'll tell you this much I've been on both sides of this I've been in a situation where I had a toxic relationship and the dude would tell me this is not good for you and I would just say no 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 and then later on I'd break up with her and say oh my god how could I have been so blind in my life it's like you're clouded your judgment is not clear but the difference between Aaron and I in this particular situation is I took an accounting of like where it went wrong how did it go wrong and what did I learn from the experience? Because I don't want to repeat it again. It was such a painful experience for me that I don't want to come close to that ever again in my life. So that part needs to be clear, right? So I know that Aaron's still friends with him and I know that relationship didn't work out. So one of those two people were right. Definitely wasn't Aaron for whatever reason. So I'm answering no, okay? All right. But that's okay, Aaron. You don't always have to be right. So when let's go back to the example with your wife giving you the unsolicited advice. So when you're telling her about, oh, my day sucked, I have to fire these two people, maybe I'm thinking about it. Mm. What would have been if she were in Could the crystal? Could she have ever told what you? Should she have said? Is, is it possible for, who, for her to interpret that as a cry for help? No, hold on. No, now you're going off on a different direction. Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, no, no. No, no, no. Hold on, hold on. I thought you had a gem of a question and you turned into like a stone. I thought it was a gem. The gem that I heard was how could she talk to me in a way that I would then see it as valuable? Well, that, that's the question you were asking, isn't yeah. that? See, Sharon yeah. and I are working on a different plane here. You guys are working in the basement. We're in the <laughs> penthouse. You guys need to come up on the elevator. I would like to make clear. She valuable to you because you said you don't respect her opinion in business. So she should have just zipped the lip. Does that count as being valuable? Well, let, let's be clear here. I know I'm not a guy who goes around sharing my life with anybody. I'm a pretty closed, close to the chest, closed off kind of guy. All right. So I don't share. Yeah, I don't even share in an unsolicited way. Typically, what happens in every relationship is, tell me about your day. Oh, okay. So this person did this, and that person. It goes like that. Yeah. It wasn't like okay. I just uncork the thing and start blah. Here's all my life that happened because I have a very specific way of processing stress, and it's a it's it's a very man thing to do. You go into your cave, you put things in boxes, you don't talk to anybody, you sit there and it doesn't look like you're really there because your mind is somewhere else, and you're compartmentalizing all these things, and so you can cope with it. 
So from the outside, it looks like I'm withdrawing from our life and our conversation. We're not living a connected life. And of course, that's alarming to anybody in a relationship. So I do my best to share, right? And then it gets a piece of advice that I don't want. And then it becomes some point of tension. And then it could turn into an argument. And anybody that's listening to this, maybe you guys have experienced something like this in your own life where you try and share something. And before you know, like, how do we get into this fight in the first place? So over time, I'm not a dumb guy. I learn from these things. I stop telling her things. I start to withdraw. Mm-hmm. But then, yes, yeah, so how, how could she have done things differently? Why? You know, you want to go back to the let's gym. Go back to the, yeah. Yeah, the, you, you should have just left it at the gym and I jumped in on the stone. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's tackle that. The gym and the question is this. All right. So therapists, psychiatrists, psychologists, they have training on how to help you help yourself. So it begins with, okay, the, the nugget of it is this, is that you have to stay in the diagnostic phase before you prescribe. You need to learn more about the problem. And if possible, if you want to go for an advanced level like ninjutsu stuff, you then get them to realize what it is that you want to tell them themselves by asking a series of very carefully constructed questions. Attorneys do this when they're trying to trap a witness on the stand because they can't get them to admit like (laughs) i killed that person right Mm -hmm. they ask lots of questions and it starts to box you in Mm -hmm. because it boxes you into the truth and they're your words so here's here's like one of those famous selling or sayings right about selling and and it's it goes something like this if you're saying it you're selling and when they say it you're closing when you try and tell somebody they need a vacuum cleaner they need the latest invention whatever the doodad you're selling them and you're pitching really hard and most people we have our guards up especially a guy like aaron who's going to say that doesn't work i don't need this who are you should i trust you but if i if you start to pose some questions like what's the most difficult thing in your day well it's vacuuming well why is that well because it's heavy and you got to lug it around and you notice what i feel like it's getting weaker so would you be interested in a solution that doesn't lose suction over time that's easier to handle to move around well i got this incredible dyson vacuum cleaner is that something that would make your life easier? And then he would say yes, yeah. if that was his particular problem. Mm. So you're carefully constructing a series of questions, guiding the person to some kind of revelation on their own. Chris, I think you should become a vacuum salesman. Do you think I'd be good I, at selling things that suck? Oh, God. <laughs> Ooh, I your see words, what you did words. there. <laughs> go, go, go. So that's how you would do it. You would ask lots of questions. So let's, let's go back into this place. And I'm going to be my wife now talking to me. I would say, you know, honey, do you feel like these two people are contributing to the company? And in what way do you think that is? And how much longer do you want to do that with them? And what would happen if those two people suddenly disappeared? Hypothetically, what would you be able to do with that? And then just walk away from it. No, so in four yeah. to five questions, I could solve that problem. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I still think that requires a degree in psychology. Yeah, it, it requires what? Wait, wait, hold on. What's the, the word you use? A degree in psychology or psychiatry. Because honestly, I don't think the average person knows how to formulate, how to step through those questions, get mm. someone to come to their conclusion. You know, Cheryl doesn't say a lot, but when she speaks, she speaks the truth. And today she is speaking the truth. I think we can all agree that Hashtag Cheryl is the amen. MVP on of point. this episode. On point, on point. Yeah. Now, let me just say this. All right. So you're saying you need a degree in psychology, which I do not have. But you're raising a very good question or a point. 
and I want to say this to the audience and share this with them. This is the whole point of what we do on YouTube and on the podcast and the AMA, Facebook Live things is because I want to share the things that I paid a lot of money to learn and many years of doing it the wrong way that maybe there's a better way. So if you're still in school, if you're running your business for the first five years or you're still trying to get a footing in a career because you're moving from one profession to another, Hopefully you can learn some of these things. And the whole point of this conversation was about advice and why it's not very valuable and what you can do to become more valuable in your personal and professional interactions. And to think about this, because nobody here, I'm pretty sure nobody here in this room wants to get unsolicited advice from people they don't respect or trust. That, I believe, can be said to be somewhat of a universal truth. If Let's remove some of the conditions. Even if you like them and you trust them, you don't want to get unsolicited advice either because it feels like people are meddling in your business. That's why the expression, keep your nose out of my business, right? It's not until you're invited in. So be invited. And how do you get invited? How do you do that? By showing signs for a need of help. Showing that you're an expert. Huh? I thought you were really <laughs> asking questions. That's right. Nobody's paying attention. <laughs> You guys, wait, hold on. You guys went right back to the default answer at the beginning of our Hold well, on, hold on. Okay. Hold on. He said trying to be helpful. What would you say? Being an expert. Being an expert. You guys went right back to the beginning. I and think I love, those are logistical those are, answers. Legit, logistical. Man. Or logical. Yeah. Logical, <laughs> logistical answers. They were the easiest answers. I think oh, people don't have time. Like They don't have time to sit there and diagnose the problem and step through five different questions when they could just say what they want to say. Yeah. Look, we're in like, we're in the social media age, okay? Everybody wants to say stuff in 140 characters or less. And no one's got time like, to ask 17 <laughs> psychological questions before diagnosing a problem, you know? Yeah. Well, wait, wait, wait. Let's back up though. I asked you how do you get invited how do you get invited to the conversation to give advice? That's the critical part. How do well, you, you according to you, ask questions, but no one has time. Okay, okay, that's fine. And, and unless you're married to the person, you know. Well, okay, mm. that's fine. It's here's the thing: if you're not invested in the person and the problem, invested, then what value is your advice? Think about that for a second. So what I want to do is I want to spend time learning about you. Otherwise, I'm not going to be of value to you. So when getting back to Aaron's point, and you know, I guess he made his point, which was when he asked me, is that person acting in his own self-interest? And I said, no. His immediate reaction was, well, that advice was low value because you didn't take the time to understand the particulars. Now, in this case, I think Aaron's being a little sentimental and kind of very feminine, his energy, like learn about me first and my situation, my circumstance. And I'm a guy who's like, let's just get this thing done. So, okay. So in, in, in the social media world, when everybody wants to do a tweet or post an image on Instagram, well, are those things valuable to you? So you see, here's the thing. If I spend time learning about John. Hi. How are you, John? He okay, feels okay. important. Okay. He feels validated. He feels understood and appreciated. Chris touched my shoulder. Oh. So it, okay. <laughs> it opens <laughs> him up for anything, right? Potentially. <laughs> You guys, come on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it opened. So, if you guys want to continue on in your ways in terms of your interactions when it comes to, say, a, a new relationship with a person that you'd like to do business with, the last thing that you want to do is to show them you don't have the time. I don't have the time. 
And then this manifests itself in many ways if you're a graphic designer. Let me make this a little bit more concrete, less abstract for you, okay? What do graphic designers do? And I put myself in this category too. What I used to do is I would go and talk to a client, understand what their needs are on a very superficial level. Like they need a logo, they need a brochure, they need it done by a certain date, and they have two partners. And the reason why they created the company was to do X. And with that, I would walk away and make a design. And then I would show it back to them in one to two weeks. That's a typical process, right? You guys recognize that. And then sometimes sure. the reaction would be very positive, and sometimes the reaction would be, um, this kind of missed the mark. And why did it miss the mark? Well, because I didn't spend the time to understand and to diagnose what the real problem was. Mm -hmm. And what we're talking about is not an aesthetic problem, not a graphic problem, not a typographic or color aesthetic structure problem. We should be really talking about the deeper problems, the deeper problems and what, do you, what is the business trying to do? What are the goals of the business? And when I can understand that and engage people on that level of conversation, then all of a sudden everything that I do from that point forward is worth a lot more. So I want to wrap this session up, trying to keep this thing under 30 minutes. And I want you guys to think and ask yourself, and just pay attention. You don't need to make any changes in your life. But the thing I'm going to ask you to do is this, is when you're talking to a potential prospective client or person you're advising, watch yourself. Watch their reaction to what it is that you're saying. How quickly do you start to prescribe solutions or give advice, either in verbal form or actually in kind of pixels and art, before you totally understand what the real problem is? And I don't mean an aesthetic problem. So count how many times and see the reaction. And then if you're sitting there thinking to yourself, why is it that some designers can charge a lot more money than others? Maybe this is hinting at the reason why. Let's close it out. Anybody have final thoughts on this idea of giving advice? And I guess I'm giving advice right now. But I'm asking questions. I feel so advised. Mm. Anybody uh, have? Aaron, final, what are you doing? Uh, nothing. Just final thoughts. Uh, like, uh, I feel it's hard to even know what advice is. Because sometimes you think you're not giving it, but you are. It's, it's confusing. Okay. So what is advice? What do you think yeah. advice is? Like even when you answered my question, you didn't think you were giving me advice, but I saw it as you're giving me no, advice. No, I, I was because you asked for it. There's a difference when you ask for it and when you don't ask for it. You understand? And then there's the quality of the answer. So there's a couple different things here. When you're not asked, when you're not invited into the conversation, don't start prescribing because that's all you're doing. And nobody likes that. We've already established that part. Now when you're asked to give advice, the situation of like I'm a, I have an event that I need you to, to videotape for me. Now I'm asking you like, what's your opinion? What are your thoughts? So before you start telling me this is what you're gonna do, this is the lens, this is the style, spend some time talking to them, understand their problem. Even if they invite you in, once they invite you in, dive in for the kill, give an answer. No, it does not. It means you now. Now begins the real work. Asking questions. Right? Yeah. What do you want the video to do? Why does it need to look like this? What do you hope to accomplish? You ask lots of how, why questions if you can. I remember you said in a video that you have to stay there in the diagnostic phase as long as you can. And you said as long as you can as if it were like something painful that you don't necessarily want to do. Because it, I guess that relates, right? Or giving well, advice is fun, it feels good, you can just spit it out. 
but asking questions and diagnosing is hard. It's it's like well, let's make another said. analogy here. Think of uh, the diagnostic phase as foreplay. You want to make that last as long as possible. Okay, you okay. want to you hit the climax so fast. Nobody appreciates that because who's that serving? Is that serving you or is that it serving a person? It's really just self-serving. Well, at some point, I think both parties want to just get it going, right? This is the school at night. <laughs> All right. You understand? Yeah, I think so. All right. So if you look, it's it's not easy, as Cheryl pointed out, and I, I, I'm, I'm, I fully understand and appreciate her point of view that you need to study this stuff. You need to have experience and maybe mentors or degrees in this stuff. Whatever it is, however you learn it, you need to learn it and you need to practice and exhibit these things if you want to become more valuable in life, in whatever, in your personal or your professional relationships. Any other closing thoughts? You had your, th- your finger. I was going to say your thumb, but your finger. Sometimes the best advice is no advice. I agree. Yeah. That's it. If so, I, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, 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 it's okay. no, no, it's okay. It, trust me, it was not worth it. <laughs> I can assure you with 100% certainty what I was going to say next had no relevance. It was not worth it. Please continue. Well, thanks for spending the last half hour with us. I'm Chris. I'm John. I'm Cheryl. And I'm Aaron. And this is the Future Podcast. Thanks for tuning in and listening to us and spending a part of your day with me. Really appreciate it. And I want to talk a little bit about how we're able to do this. So the future is made possible by some of our lovely sponsors and partners, one of which is Pond5.com. If you guys need to get some stock footage, After Effects presets, Pond5 is the place to go. And the future is also made possible by Matthew Encina, Greg Gunn, Scott Rothstein, Nicole Wasserman, and the entire blind staff, which I would not be able to do fun stuff like this and spend the day with you without their support because they run the business for me. The man behind the scene, the man with the plan, Aaron Zakelli. He's responsible for recording this, engineering it, doing the sound design, the editing. He pretty much makes this podcast possible. You can find him online as well. And of course, I have to thank Adam Sanborn, the person who composed and wrote the piece of music that you're listening to. You can find him at adamsanborn.com. <laughs>